This episode brought to you by Team Stripes Academy. Learn from some of the top officials in the world. Start today at TeamStripesAcademy.com. You're listening to the Team Stripes Podcast, the podcast for hockey referees. Each show, we discuss the world of officiating and find out that not everything is in black and white. Here's your host, Brandon Bourgeois. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Team Stripes podcast. Thank you for all your support so far. And this week, we're bringing to you uh, probably one of the top uh, linesmen, I would say, in, in the U.S. for sure. But uh, he, he's pretty well renowned and he's worked some very, very high levels of hockey. And he's got one heck of a resume. So I'm going to try not to screw it up here. But he's most, I, I would say, most well known for he made a trip to the Olympics in Sochi in 2014. But he's also worked in the American League for over a decade. He's worked NCAA. He's worked, uh, I think, five Frozen Fours. And he's also worked uh, quite a few international tournaments, including uh, some U18 events and some U20 events, as well as a, a world championship, as, uh, three world championships as well, excuse me. And so we're very, uh, very, uh, I guess, uh, lucky to have on the show this week, uh, Mr. Tommy George. Tommy, uh, welcome to the uh, podcast. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. Thanks for that. Uh, thanks for the introduction there. It's, um, uh, I guess pleasure, I'm sure pleasure I, to be with you. And I'm, I'm sure I did. I did. I miss anything major that I was that was that all right? <laughs> uh, no, it was uh, it, it's it's overwhelming. So thank <laughs> and uh, Tommy, before we get going, I'm sure the listeners at home would just love to hear, you know, what's your story? How did you get involved with uh, with officiating? Yeah, sure. So um, I grew up. Um, in Frederick, Maryland, which is about 40 minutes north of Washington, D.C., and grew up um, at the rink just playing hockey all the time and was looking for extra ways to be on the ice and extra ways to not have to go home. And uh, being an only child, I was uh, more entertained at the rink than I was you know, sometimes at home. So it was it was kind of looking for ways to stay at the rink and got into, uh, got into refereeing. I'd always been kind of intrigued with officials and refereeing since I went to games with my father. Um, and we traveled all over to go to minor league hockey games across the, uh, the East coast and, um, figured I'd, I'd get into it and did it as, like I said, as a way to kind of hang out at the rink more. And then I realized that I could, make a little money off of it. And I was, you know, 14, 15 years old, pulling in a couple hundred extra dollars a week and thought it was pretty cool. And, uh, ended up through USA hockey, going through some of the development camps and went to, uh, the, the, I guess, regional camp and some of the other ones. And after I had gone to those camps, um, I realized that when I got done playing, I, I wanted to try referee and I thought it was really cool. And the, the whole profession, um, and the career aspect of it was something that um, really intrigued me. And <clears throat> so as I was finishing playing midget, I went away and played junior hockey with the goal of I was a goalie and wanted to go play Division three and maybe Division one hockey and uh, moved away to play junior and got recruited to a, a handful of division three schools and ended up going to Western New England college, which is in Springfield mass and was uh, all set and, you know, ready to, ready to join the team. And um, 
19 years old or 18 years old, whatever it was, like I ended up getting an offer from, um, from the United hockey league to, to become a linesman and, and work some games. And I, uh, I thought about it long and hard and I said, well, I, I should do this. And then I realized that I could probably do it a lot if I wanted and ended up not even playing college hockey. And so that conversation back to my parents, um, of, all the time and money and energy and resources and nights at the rink and days at the rink and days away that they had spent for me to try and play college hockey. And then I was there and I was going to pursue something else. And I think they thought I was kind of crazy at first. And, um, you know, probably I think my dad thought it was kind of a waste and, and all that and ended up working like, close to 80 games my first year in in the United Hockey League, which was kind of a competitive league to the ECHL at the time. And um, it was, uh, it was, it was a great experience because um, it was my first crack at pro hockey and real high level hockey. And there was some, that was, I think the lockout year, the, the first time, and there was some pretty good players playing there, but from an experience standpoint, um, if you ever know anything about that league or go on YouTube and search that league. Uh, I think everything that could have ever happened in the history of pro hockey happened in that league, whether it was line brawls or, you know, guys going into the crowd or, you know, owners getting in fights with referees or um, I, I vividly remember watching a guy spear a guy in the face one night in a, in a fight and thinking to myself, what am I, what have I gotten myself into? Oh my Lord. So, um, had a great year. And then the next year in, in the off season, um, Springfield mass is, is where Kevin Collins is, um, is from and where he resides. And I'd got gotten to know him a little bit through my time there. And he had said, Hey, I think there's going to be an opening in the American hockey league. And, you know, they need a linesman here locally. And I, uh, I, my kind of did what I had to do to, try and get my foot in the door and, um, send in a resume and Kevin served as a reference for me. And, um, you know, that was, I think my first year was 2005, 2006 and, uh, just started year 14, I guess, in that league here earlier, uh, earlier this past weekend. So it's, it's been an amazing ride. And, um, after I, I got my degree and finished college and, um, went on and, worked in the ECHL for a good bit and moved back home to Maryland and, uh, you know, continued to, to do what I had to do, um, just to try and reach my goals. And, you know, my ultimate goal was working in the national hockey league. And as I progressed and did more games and, you know, saw how the hiring process worked and tried to figure out if I was in that process, if, if I had a chance and, what I needed to do to, to even become a blip on the radar. And, um, you know, I worked really hard on and off the ice and was very fortunate to have a lot of people help me along the way and, um, very committed family and, you know, uh, resources around me to, to try and, uh, accomplish my dreams. And, you know, I said to myself, well, it's either, I'm either going to climb the top of the, the pro hockey ladder or climb the top of uh, the amateur hockey ladder as, as far as I can go and, and enjoy the ride. And so it's kind of, kind of taken me to where I am today. And before we get into those, those top tiers that you've been working in some of these, these, you know, these high level events, I mean, like 
you cracked the U, UHL league as an official before you, you were even 20. And you talk about how that league was, you know, fights galore and just brawl. Like, how did you handle that as, as somebody who wasn't even 20 yet? Like, what was the physical challenge of trying to break up these guys that were just brawling? <laughs> um, that, I, I mean, to be honest, I, I don't even really remember it. It, it was, it, uh, you know, a lot of my career when I got started was kind of trial by fire. And, um, you know, it was, it was, it was a roller coaster that, that happened in the blink of an eye, but you gained a ton of experience, um, in those times. And certainly, you know, that's, that's the one thing that I can certainly tell people is that there's, there's no substitute for experience. There's no substitute for working games and whether it's, you know, the hundreds of games that I'd worked in that league or whether, you know, when I'd gone on to work in the ECHL, the, you know, couple hundred games I had worked there, or, you know, the hundreds that I've worked in the other league, it's that everything's different every night. And it's being able to kind of almost build a pyramid um, and just kind of put everything in your, in your toolbox of, Hey, this happened and this happened and this happened and um, using it to your advantage as you, uh, as you continue your career. And Tommy, like, Obviously, I guess in 2008, you picked up your international license and you started to progress on the international side of things. But I'm just curious, like, was that was that ever a goal for you starting out where you thought, hey, international hockey would be a great route to to get some games? Or like, what was the thought process there? Um, you know, I, I kind of talked a little bit about it with some folks from USA Hockey and, and saw some of the possibilities. And, you know, for me, I said, well, if it's, if it's a way that can further my career to kind of help get me to my end goal of, of trying to make it to the NHL. then that was something that I wanted to pursue. And then as I learned more about it from people who have, who had done it, it was just, you know, I, the more I thought about it, I'm like, man, this is the coolest thing ever. You get to travel all over and referee in different countries and see the world. And I was just, you know, just a bum kid from, from Maryland and uh, never, never really traveled outside of the country. And it was like, yeah, let's, let's see what, uh, see what comes of it. And I, I got my international license to USA hockey and um, ended up doing my first tournament down to Mexico city, which was hockey bizarre. Hotbed. Hockey um, in yeah. City. I, I actually worked, worked an outdoor game in Mexico city. If you can believe it, it was uh, <laughs> one of the craziest things ever. I think it was Mexico and, Bulgaria and it was, you know, 70 degrees and the game was supposed to start at, you know, 3 PM and they didn't even start it till about 9 30 PM because it was too hot. And it was, it was, it was unbelievable. And, uh, that's how it all started. And I did that tournament and got good feedback the next year. Um, you know, work the, uh, work the 18s next year, the twenties. And then, um, you know, within, four years I was, I was in and out of the international circuit. You know, the North American officials are kind of, um, I don't want to say they're at a disadvantage, um, because we certainly have an advantage as opposed to European officials when it comes to the amount of hockey that we have here in North America, whether it's, um, you know, pro hockey or college hockey or junior hockey. And there's lots of opportunities to work, and it's exceptional hockey across the board, but in Europe, um, there may only be, you know, one top league in a, in a certain country. And, um, you know, so we obviously have avenues for development and experience that a lot of European guys don't have. And so for North Americans, and this goes for Canadians too, when you, 
when you get in the, the international loop, you know, at least when I was working, it was, you know, you, you work until the IHF says, Hey, you, you, you've gone as far as you can. And now it's time for you to uh, kind of step aside because there's so many officials in Canada and the United States who are, are qualified. We want to give some other people a chance. And that's why you see, you know, guys from the, uh, from, from Europe, they work, you know, four or five, six world championships in a row and maybe two or three Olympics. Um, whereas in North America, you, you really go through the cycle once and, uh, and that's it. And that's, you know, you, you allow somebody else to come in and have those opportunities, um, because they truly are amazing. And, and so for me, it was kind of a quick ride there too. Um, you know, all within, within four years, but, uh, no, I, I certainly wouldn't trade it for the world. It was uh, it was an amazing experience. Yeah, and like on the international side, like we said, obviously you reach sort of the peak of where you can go with with world championships. But no, like obviously with the Olympics, and you were one of only four American officials that went over, and you were the only, I guess, the only non NHL official. I mean, like going into a tournament like the Olympics. I mean, like obviously now, you know, this year was there was no NHL officials involved, but back when Sochi was was going on obviously it was mostly nhl officials so like going into that event is that something where like what are your expectations do you think you have a good shot of making an event like that considering how many nhl officials are there or just talk me through like what were what was the thought process yeah yeah well you know i i it was it was a goal of mine um i think in terms of how it happened and when it happened, it was probably earlier than I ever thought that it was going to happen. Um, but I, I had a good under 20 world championship. And next thing I know, five, six months later, I, I get an email from, from the IHF, uh, which was the invitation to come to the, the training camp, which was the training camp to basically select the guys for, um, who they were going to pick as the, uh, the non NHL officials to, to go to the Olympics. And that's when the light bulb kind of went off in my head that, um, this is, this is a reality. And this is, this is something that's probably going to happen. If I, if I work hard and put my head down and do what I need to on my end, I, I can, I can do this now. And, um, you know, and so I, I'd gone into it kind of twofold. I was, you know, still, wide-eyed on potentially getting hired by the NHL as were the other three amateur um, North Americans that, uh, that, that went not only with me to the, the, to the Olympics, but then also went to the camp and there was a couple other um, non NHL North Americans that had gone to the camp too. And um, you know, so I was using it myself as an opportunity for exposure um, as was, you know, Chris Woodworth and Jesse Wilmot and Chris Carlson, who were the, the three other guys who were non NHL guys who were selected. And you had four top level linesmen who got to go on the ice and showcase their skills with the NHL guys. And, you know, that for me was, was one side of it. It was going and saying, not only can I, can I work that level of hockey, but uh, deserve to be here. And, and, you know, this is potentially a stepping stone and, um, you know, and, and then on the other side of it, it was, um, it was knowing that it was the culmination of the end of my IHF career. Um, and, and obviously there's lots of people who would trade, you know, trade, trade spots with you and who want to be there and work hard. And so it was making sure that you represented all the people that 
got you there and you know who would want to be there as well to uh to to be in your shoes and and i think that's something that um a lot of people take for granted nowadays um at at a, a ton of different levels is that there's there's so many people who would lay down in traffic to work whatever league or um level you're working in that particular night and you know i i i really realized that when i got the opportunity to go and um it was it was very humbling and at the same time it was also like i said it was that same experience of you know hey i'm i'm here for a reason and and let's uh, let's go out there and let's do this and you know to be selected with the group of people that i was selected with was uh was amazing and uh, really enjoyed every minute of it so and looking back at that event is there any special memories that stick out for you um yeah, I, I mean, it was, the whole thing. I mean, I, I wouldn't say that there was one particular, you know, event or, you know, obviously stepping on the ice. My first game was, you know, that was one of the few times I can remember saying to myself, like, holy cow, I'm a little nervous here. And, um, you know, as soon as you drop the puck, it was it was time to go. And, um, you know, the, the most special thing about the whole experience for me was um, seeing my parents and my wife and how many people had you know, people who had reached out to, to me and to my parents and, you know, to my family and, and different people who, you know, uh, I don't, I don't come from a hockey hotbed. And so there was people who I had gone to, to middle school and high school with who knew nothing about hockey, but who would, you know, read something that, that I had gotten selected to go and um, just all the messages and, and encouragement. And I think that, that was the coolest thing and seeing how, how happy my parents were. Um, that, you know, I think for my father, especially who 14 years prior, he looked back and I had gone away to school and this, you know, and the, made, made this decision and he was kind of like, what are you doing? And then, you know, for, for people that he works with and people that my parents go to church with and things to have them, you know, have that moment of, Hey, look at this. This is, this is awesome. That was, uh, I, I think that was what made it really special for me. And, um, you know, like I said, not coming from a hockey hotbed, all those years of traveling and driving and going places and trying to explain to people what you do, which I'm sure, you know, a lot of officials, they have trouble explaining what it is that you do and what it is you're trying to do and trying to tell, you know, my in-laws, they're not hockey people. And when I first started dating my wife, it was, you know, questions of, um, you know, so, so what exactly do you do and, and telling them what, you know, it's, it's minor professional hockey and you know, there's, this is, this is what it is. And then they kind of scratch your head and they say, great. How old are the kids? You know, are they like middle school, elementary school kids? And you say, no, 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 uh, that's, that, that's, that's not what we're doing here. You know, it's, it's this level or it's this level. And um, for that side of it, for those people to kind of realize too, like, holy cow, this is, this is what he's been working for. Um, that was, you know, that was a moment too that I think my family could really, look back on and uh and appreciate it so and obviously since then you, you back on this side of the atlantic you've had a lot of success and you've been around for, for some time with you know like you said the american hockey league and uh even the ncaa and there's one thing i wanted to ask you about was was sort of the ncaa frozen four and just we have a lot of canadian listeners on the show and i, I was wondering if you could take us through what the experience is like of working in ncaa frozen four is it 
Is it a different atmosphere than your typical sort of professional game? Is it like, can you walk us through sort of what, what's that like, what it's like working something, an event like that? Yeah. And, and, you know, my experience in college hockey was, was all about kind of helping develop myself. And I started doing college hockey um, when Dan Shakti had taken over hockey East and Dan had come to me and said, Hey, you know, why don't you come work for me and I'll, I'll do my best to, to help you along as he was the coordinator of officials for hockey East. And I went there for the sole purpose of um, learning from him. And um, he is an exceptional teacher. He's an exceptional supervisor and he's an exceptional human being. And it was the best decision I, I ever made. And when I went there, I ended up falling in love with college hockey because it is the most fun that I've ever had on the ice, um, you know, and, and it's a different, maybe a different breed of officials a little bit. Um, but the competitive level of the play on the ice is awesome. And the atmospheres are tremendous. I mean, my, my favorite places to work are still, you know, Northeastern and hockey East. And uh, I got to skate in Notre Dame when they were in, in our league and seeing the environment and, you know, the bands and the atmosphere and the students and, um, the compete level of the players. And so being selected from our conference to go through and work, you know, frozen fours was not only humbling, but it was also cool to see that process and see how it's, it's certainly a different type of hockey from an administrative side and from a management side to see what all goes into it. And then um, the experiences that you have are, are amazing. Um, like I said, the, the crowd environments are, are great. Uh, the people you work with are great. Um, and the level of hockey is really, really good. Um, I, I compare it to <clears throat> giving the keys to a Lamborghini to a 16 year old kid, um, because they have one speed and they only drive that one speed. And so it's, you know, foot down 110 miles an hour, not necessarily, understanding, you know, how to take a turn at 80 miles an hour in a Ferrari, um, you know, and, and it really does translate to, to how you work. And I think for, for most people, if you can master that from a positioning aspect in college hockey, you can translate that to pro hockey because, you know, as you watch levels of hockey and most officials will tell you this, as you work higher levels of hockey, it's easier to work the higher levels because you know where the guys are going to go. And I think that really translates to college hockey because the speed is there. And if you can understand that you don't know where they're going to go on the ice um, from a positioning aspect, that certainly helps you. And it allows you to focus more on your job if you don't have to think about the positioning side and the skating side. So you can focus more on your decision-making and your partners and uh, your sight lines and things. So, um, the college hockey aspect was, like I said, it was the, the best thing I ever kind of fell, fell into. And, um, the people in the NCAA, they, they do a, a tremendous amount of work and, and putting their, their resources and their video and, and their, their staff into, you know, doing whatever they can to assist the officials and, um, you know, and, and the people that you meet in college hockey, uh, it's just like, um, just like pro hockey. It's, it's, 
it's it's great hockey people that you, you, you develop lifelong friendships with both on and off the ice. So it's it's truly been uh, one of my favorite things that uh, that I've done and been been fortunate enough to uh, go through the the process of the tournament uh, several times now. And they treat you like gold. And being able to work in big buildings and big venues, so, you know, on TV, it's uh, it's it's so much fun. So. Yeah, and I wanted to ask you a bit of an open-ended question, and you know, you sort of referenced it already, where you sort of learned how to position yourself as you as you've gone gone along with your career. But I'm just curious, since since you've been around for like in these high high levels for 15 years, I mean, you know, if you look at the official you were starting out and compared to today, like, is there something that you would tell that official just starting out, a young Tommy George just starting out, getting his feet wet? Uh, is there something you've picked up along the way that you that you you know you wish you give you a younger version of yourself in terms of advice? Um, you know, I, I think it would be it'd be a couple different things. You know, number one, it'd be to to really find find a good mentor in that particular league and find a good person to to model yourself after who is um, you know maybe the top official in that league and to 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 do whatever it takes to model your yourself on and off the ice after that person. And, um, you know, I, I certainly had a couple people like that in my career who, um, who I really looked up to when I was younger. Um, but maybe didn't realize it at the time that, that I really need to, to, to be more like this person both on and off the ice. And so I think finding a, a mentor and finding somebody who you can, um, mimic and, and, and learn from them and uh, be a sponge around them is, is certainly important. Um, you know, and then I, I would also say that working as many games as you can at the highest level that you can is, um, is the most important thing. Um, just cause there, there really is no substitute for experience and there's no substitute for working games. And, you know, it might be a, a Tuesday night junior game or a Thursday night, you know, minor pro game. Um, but I, I loved working games and, you know, I, I think if you can just understand that that's what you need to do in order to get that experience and experience is certainly what sets you apart. Um, it's always, always taking those opportunities when you have them. Um, so I, I think those are a couple things. And then, you know, um, yeah, I mean, you know, looking back, I think it's, you know, I, I think it's uh, it's important to to really market yourself and um, set some realistic goals and and you know continue to put your head down and work hard and um you know the the bounces the bounces will go your way and and you know you just have to um, like I said to to be a good uh, a good steward of the game and and you know do what you're asked. Yeah. And I wanted to throw you a bit of a curveball question here before we, we let you go, but we've gotten some questions here from a lot of our followers, listeners, that they ask us, hey, listen, you know, they might be these these young teenagers, you know, 15, 16 years old, and they're trying to decide whether to keep playing or to switch to officiating full time. And I'm just I'm just curious if somebody was to ask you that, I mean, what, what type of advice would you uh, give to them? It's a tough question in 2018, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, I... You know, I, I, I would say it's important to keep playing, um, you know, specifically because, 
you know, the, the people that, that, that the powers that be now in, in the national hockey league, they want guys who have playing experience. Um, but not only do they want it, but I think it's important as you, as you, you know, whether you want to work in the NHL or you want to work college hockey or major junior or, or whatever it is, um, being able to, to play the game and, and work hard and understand the different aspects of the game, the different facets of the game is really important. And, um, you know, me playing through junior hockey certainly helped me in the officiating side. And so I, I, I wouldn't trade that for the world. Um, you know, and then there's probably the, the people who say, well, you know, I can get into this, to this league sooner if I quit playing at 15 or 16 and, and start refereeing. Um, but I have news for you. That, that, that's a good way to get burned out. Um, playing hockey is fun. I still play hockey. I find it the most fun I have or, or with the, the group of, from uh, uh, the old fat ball guys league here in Frederick where I, <laughs> where I live and where I play. And my, my most fun now is, is playing hockey with those guys on Sunday nights. So playing hockey is, is so important to officiating because um, if, if, if you haven't played, then it makes it tougher to officiate the game. If you played the game, you certainly can understand, uh, you know, the mental aspect of players and, you know, where they may be going or what they might be going through their mind. So um, I think it's important no matter what um, to, to keep playing. There's always going to be time for, for you to go back and referee and for you to get in at those certain levels. And, and so, uh, you know, I, 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 that's how I, that's how I'd kind of pose it to those guys. And, but at the same time, I would tell them to, to start refereeing and to do games when you have the time and to get that experience now. Um, because not only is it going to help you as an official, it's going to help you as a player too, so that you know that, you know, what the rules are and, and what referees and linesmen are looking for and how the game's going to pan out. And so it's going to help you as a player. Um, but you know, I, I would tell people to, to start refereeing when they feel comfortable enough and mature enough and confident enough to, to make the decisions on the ice and, um, you know, continue to continue to play as long as you can. So, yeah, and I think that's really well said and, you know, I, similar to you, like I get asked that question sometimes and it's, it's a tough, tough question to answer, but I think that's a very good way to look at it. Um, in all honesty, I think that's that's very well said. And uh, Tommy, we'll certainly let you go. I know you you run a, a busy life uh, when you're not officiating, and you're not uh, coming on podcasts talking about officiating. Uh, so we'll let you go. But uh, well, well, thanks uh, thanks for having me. And I I think uh, I think the the podcast and what you guys got going on is uh, is exceptional, and I think it's a resource for for officials to use and, um, you know, share with their friends. And, you know, that certainly wasn't around when, when I was a younger official and, um, you know, I, I, you know, congratulate you guys on, on your success and wish you guys all the best and, uh, you know, um, good luck here moving forward. So hey, we really appreciate it. And just, just for the listeners at home, could you give us some insight into what, uh, what are some of the games you have uh, on the schedule coming up? Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, scheduling the, uh, in the George household, it's a little jumbled right now. I have um, a handful of college games here before the end of the month, but we have uh, my wife and I have baby boy number two coming on November 6th. So that kind of throws a little wrinkle in the hockey schedule. So, um, yeah, so we'll uh, we'll see how November shakes out. I have a couple other games in, in the American League in, um, in November, but we'll, we'll have to see uh, – 
you know, have to see how that shakes out. And obviously, uh, family's, family's the most important thing that you have going in your life. That's, um, that's something that, you know, I think everybody should, uh, should pay more attention to. And, um, I, I certainly learned it with, with, uh, with the birth of my son and, you know, my wife and I, we, uh, we, we love the, you know, our, our family and the parenthood side, uh, more than anything else. And, uh, I would encourage everybody to, um, you know, to, to really go back and not only enjoy your time with your family, but thank them too. And, uh, we're looking forward to that. So. No, that's a, it's a great life lesson for all the officials out there, I think. And, and one that, uh, you, we can't emphasize enough, I guess. So, uh, thank you again and, uh, best of luck with the birth of your child. And, uh, <laughs> we, uh, we look forward to hearing from you down the road. Yep. Thank you. And, uh, all the best.